What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am back with another preview. And this time we are looking ahead to KSW 84, uh, which goes down, obviously, over in Poland this weekend, July 15th. And the heavyweight title is on the line. And I think it's uh, it's a very interesting time, look, for, for KSW, but for the heavyweight Division, I suppose, worldwide as well. You know, I talked about uh, on my one championship preview, which will be out uh, before this more than likely, but around the same time as well. Only a couple of weeks ago, the one championship heavyweight belt was on the line. Look at all the stuff that's going on, I suppose, with Francis Ngannou. Look at, you know, John Jones versus Stipe. You know, Ryan Bader, he hasn't fought in a while, but, you know, I'm sure Bader will be back in Bellator and, you know, heavyweights elsewhere as well. It's a very, it's a funny time, I suppose, for a heavyweight division because... You look. You could argue is Francis the best in the world? Is John Jones the best in the world? Or you know maybe there's there's someone else out there you you think of might be the best in the world. Where it's you know Bruno Capelosa. Now you know the PFL heavyweight uh, tournament has gone on as well, and uh, probably the, the two best heavyweights in the PFL uh, apart from Ngannou are probably out of that. So like, and the point in that is the heavyweight division is very fractured, and I actually think there's like there's probably. Oh, five heavyweights at least outside of the UFC who if they came to the UFC, they'd be in the UFC top 15, I think. Now, is there any other weight division like that? Like there's some good, you know, lightweights out there and, you know, uh, Usman Nurmagomedov is out there. Uh, Patricio Pitbull is out there. AJ McKee is out there, obviously in different weight classes. Sergio Pettis would look, would be ranked. Uh, you, you know, Roberto Soldich obviously had a bad result the last time, but uh, you know, uh, Anatoly, um, uh, the, whose name is uh, uh, Malyakin, whose name I can never remember his second name, but Philip de Vries is one of those as well. And you know, Halidov, and uh, you know, <laughs> there's been many in KSW over the last while, but I'm just interested because I want to talk about Philip de Vries here in a second. I want to talk about KSW for a second first as well, but just on that heavyweight division, it's been a division which I suppose we have been used to having fractures in throughout, you know, MMA. Uh, well, I suppose you call it the whole history nearly from Fedor coming the whole way through to all the great pride heavyweights with Crocop and stuff who obviously ended up coming over. But then even to more recent times, you know, over him was a long time outside of the UFC in Strikeforce and on. He eventually obviously came to the UFC then. And, so we're, and you know, and Arlovsky was out there, Josh Barnett. And, you know, a lot of them, obviously, as I said, did end up being in the UFC first or coming back or, or just coming to the UFC later in their career. But there's there has been a fractured nature. And I, I honestly think it's, it's weirdly more fractured now probably than it's ever been. And um, I, I do think that leads to... People like Philip DeFries, and I will get into more to DeFries in a second, but like being able to strike a really good career for themselves outside of the UFC, because just like the UFC, the heavyweights sell and people love the heavyweights. And look, if we're talking about a Polish promotion, we know we know what the Poles like. Like they like their big heavyweights, they love their Pudzianowski and their their big lads, you know, big medium intro on meat. They love that. So Philip DeFries has been an absolute revelation over there, and we will as I said, talk more about him in a second. Just on KSW as well, like I feel I feel the need to say it almost every time I do a KSW preview. But the you know the last card, the the big um, Coliseum card, was not only brilliant on paper, and as we talk about the the what was it sixty thousand fans or whatever forty thousand fans I think uh, in attendance. It also turned out to be a really good card. Now the co-main event fell out, and we all know about that. But sure, look, that happens on all MMA cards, but. 
the madness that ensued on that night is just brilliant. And I feel like uh, uh, sometimes when you see it and experience it live, like I've seen, uh, obviously KSW came to Dublin here once and I was at it, but also like seeing the Cage Warriors cards or even even the UFC Dublin or the Bellator Dublin, like there are some of these cards that you need to just like, you need to experience them, you need to watch them. And even if it's you're sitting at home watching it, if there's a KSW card in the Coliseum, Halidov is fighting, some of our big fighters are fighting, you need to be watching that. If there is, you know, a Bellator Dublin on, or a UFC Dublin, or whatever it might be, or a Cage Warriors Dublin, you need to be watching that. And I'm sure, like, if there's a big Volkanovski fight in Australia, or whatever it might be, but KSW is one of them, you know? It's must-see TV, and um, the production value, that, honestly, I think their production value is the best in any MMA organization. I love the way they, and it's, you know, it's a little bit funny, it's a little bit, you know, not our normal, I suppose, Eastern... Um, in terms of the English-speaking or anyway, normal MMA production, it's a little bit different. And I think, as someone like, and I, you know, I wasn't around necessarily in the the main Pride days, maybe catching the end of it or whatever. But like watching Fedor fights, let's say in Russia, even even in the kind of you know that middle bit of Fedor's career there, or you know. There's always the odd fighter that fights somewhere years ago and like watching in, you know, getting that dodgy stream or whatever it might be. It was it was brilliant. Even when I was young, like watching Ricky Hatton uh, in the middle of the night or something like that. And, you know, an experience combat sports watching is always fun, I think. And I think that's what KSW is. And that's why they stick out as one of the best uh, promotions in the world, to be honest. And that's why I try uh, to do as many of their cards as I possibly can here in my preview shows, because they're absolutely brilliant. Like, I honestly, like, sometimes I'm, I'm very down on the UFC because, uh, I don't know, it's just so homogenized, I think. But, like, there's nothing homogenized about KSW. But then when you watch the other promotions, well, I bang on about it here all the time, but I think it's right to do it. There's just something a little bit different about it. But anyway, let's get into this card and let's talk about it. Shout out as always to my guy Sean Dinney, he's a Polish MMA expert and he always gives me a hand, throws me over some of his cliff notes for these cards because, you know, it's it's a different world and, and the thing about it is as well, right, there is a, a world here by itself, like there's, it's funny, there's MMA worlds all over the place, like even in small places and small countries even. There's like these little MMA bubbles kind of uh, create themselves. And it's funny, I know the, the KSW one isn't little by any means, don't get me wrong there. But uh, they have created like divisions, obviously, but like people coming through and people with storylines and people with 20, 30, 40 fights that maybe you don't get uh, in other places because they want to kind of move on, whereas people are happy to stay in KSW and put great careers on for themselves. And that brings me to Philip DeFries, because he is a guy who has absolutely done that. He's on an almighty run uh, at the moment, nine title defences. Um, uh, Shawnee was telling me, Shawnee was telling me about the, he's getting a Rolex for his five-year anniversary in, um, in KSW. And, like, that run has just been absolutely fantastic. Like, um, obviously, was in the UFC... He's asked for, when was his last fight? In 2013, I'm just looking here. He'd won fight in Bellator as well. And then it was, it was 2018. It feels like it's longer, you know? It's only it's only been five years, but what a run of five years he's been in there. Like, he was on that big, uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, the Duplessis last weekend. It was Saldage versus Duplessis. Was he uh, at KSW 43? That was his first fight in there. And, like, he's fought the likes of Luis Enrique, Dario Stocic, who we'll be talking about later on. You know, Todd Duffy last time out, Thomas Narcoon, Carl Bell. 
head off. Um, uh, Ricardo Prasel, who used to play for Chelsea, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's been an, an unbelievable run, like finishing most of those lads as well. Like his last what, one, two, three, four, five in a row, all by finish. You know, one of them in the, in the fifth round, but you know, most of the other ones in in the first, uh, all the other ones in the first couple of rounds. Uh, in fact, so I think it's like. I I talk about it with PFL sometimes, and you look at it with say like a guy like Brendan Lachnan, or you look at a guy say like Brian Bader in um in Bellator. You can have a great career and earn a lot of money and do a lot of things outside of the UFC, and it's great that we have places like that. And KSW, like, has there been a better place to do that than KSW in the last let's say ten years? I, I actually don't think there has. Like, you look like a guy like Halidov. Like, uh, and fair enough, you want to say maybe Bellator, you want to say PFL. PFL hasn't been around that long, first of all. So, KSW have to step up with them over that. Look, PS, or KS, uh, PFL are doing good things. You know, Bellator are kind of in and out. And I think a lot of, you know, the, the, the top guys in Bellator ended up leaving and going to the UFC eventually. But KSW, a lot of the guys end up staying. Like, you know, and even when they do go, well, like Saldich, you went over to, to one championship. So, you have the ability to get yourself a great career over there, and that's exactly what Philip de Vries has done. Like, and if you look at him now, right, he's what thirty-seven years of age. He's probably coming to the last few years. Although the way he's fighting, maybe he isn't. But um, the amount of money he's able to earn over there, I'm like, I'm sure if if Philip de Vries wanted, and let's say his contract was up or whatever, like. Well, the, the UFC would have to take him back at this stage. Like He's been fighting so well. He's on such a good run and beating good lads uh, on the way of doing it. He'd have no problem doing that. But I think he's, he seems to be happy enough out there and has put a great career um, for himself out there. And like we need to appreciate as well, appreciate what he did, no, no matter what happens uh, this weekend, what a run he's been on Like to win. Nine heavyweight uh, or have nine heavyweight title defenses in a row is absolutely insane. And like, what what is it? One. Let me just count them up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven fights in a row of a win streak at heavyweight. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And and what a way. Uh, you know what? What a fighter for KSW to have, but what a uh, a fight uh, promotion for him to to get with. Absolutely brilliant. Like he's training out with uh, Tom Aspinall as well, Paul Craig, Mick Parkin, who's uh, you know was obviously in the in the UFC now coming through the Contender Series uh, as well. But like looking at looking back at some of Philip DeFries's fights, obviously look the first thing to say an unbelievable grappler. Um, the the submission record is is insane you know 13 submissions now in his career uh, in 23 fights in terms of 23 wins and i think it's like it's the old school type of submission uh, you, you know the 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 key locks, and i see that he had a bulldog choke there uh, recently as well and you know i think he's changed kind of more to that than a lot of the old ones you know rear naked chokes taking the back and stuff like that but Re- more recently in his career, I think, look, people, you're going to be f- uh, preparing for Phil DeFries. You're, <laughs> it, it works for him well because they're like not wanting to give up a submission and then they end up getting ground and pounded, you know, and watching, you know, a few of his recent fights, as I said, multiple times that happens. It's just like a guy, right? I'm going to give up my back here, but oh, I don't want to get choked. I'm going to give up the mount. I get ground and pounded or like, I'm going to leave you in side control. You're like, I'm not going to give up an arm or anything like that. I'm going to try to make my way out. And then he catches him with one big shot and it's big problems for them. So 
once filter freeze gets you to the ground, you're you're in bad bad trouble. You're in bad bad trouble there. But on like on the feet, I think what he has kind of designed for himself is a very functional um, striking skill set where he. Um, you know, where he's happy to kind of keep it at length, wait for you to kind of make that mistake or whatever it might be, come in and then he will take the opportunity, throw a double leg, push you against like push you against the cage. Do you know what he reminds me of as well? I and mean, maybe this is a little bit of a stretch, but like he's a he's a good athlete, but doesn't look like one. You know, do you know and, and the comparison I'd make is Tyson Fury. Now I'm not saying like an ability or standing in the heavyweight division in, in our sport compared to that. But his ability to move kind of and function in different ways is unusual for a guy of his build, you know? And we don't see that very often in sport. Well, maybe they see it more in, in American sports. We don't see that very often uh, in um, uh, in MMA or maybe other sports that I'd be, I, that I'd be watching, uh, to use the Mochani look there. Um, but I think Philip DeVries is like that. And his opponent, um, Sion Beor, um He's a guy with a lot of fights. In fact, he's more fights than uh, uh, than Phil. And he's a guy who can fight all around. You know, 24 wins, 10 wins by submission, 10 wins by a knockout. And he's on a great run as well, four wins uh, in a row. He was actually over in the PFL that I mentioned earlier on. He fought uh, Honey Marks and ended up beating him. Uh, but, like, he's he's been fighting in FN, FEN before that. You know, he fought the likes of of, uh, of Ali Thompson a few years ago. He fought Valentina Nimka, uh, Valentina Moldovsky. Actually, I watched that fight. He ended up losing that fight, but it was... Uh, it was a weird kind of t- it was a two round risen fight and you know I could have gone on a little bit longer it was one of those ones you know and he's he, like he's fought some of the best guys in the world like Dennis Goldsav as well he ended up losing to him also but like to, to be in there with him he's been in there with Martin Tibora as well Um, so yeah like for a, a long long time fighting since 2010 he's really been in there with some of the best people coming through uh, in the world and like as I said he's lost a lot of them but beating Honey Marks last time out is is maybe that big win that he needed and has won what uh, seven of his last eight it's an unbelievable like an unbelievable run for him um, watching his fights you know you, you look at that that record of what was it? Let me just see it here again. 23, 24 wins, uh, 20, 20 stoppages. 24 wins, 20 stoppages. <sighs> he's watching his fights like it's, it's almost amazing he gets that many stoppages, I think, because he is, for for a heavyweight, and he's 35 years old now as well, uh, fighting kind of out of the southpaw a lot. He is a guy who kind of waits on his opponents and didn't just... It's not a big heavyweight counter that comes. It's mostly like the running on a kind of catch you counter, or more more of the time actually rather than countering. He's kind of pushing forward, pushing the pace, and kind of winning the fight in the area he wins it. But once he gets the fight to the ground, he looks different. You know, as I, I talked about looking athletic, I don't think he looks like the most athletic guy in the world either. But he is a very athletic when he gets to the ground, and it's very good ground and pound. So I. I think like a lot of those TKO KOs and his uh, record there, the ten of them, I, I would very um, highly uh, consider some of them ground and pound <laughs> knockouts. I would say uh, because just because of the way he fights, but you know he has some elbows I see in there, and wait, that ground and pound, like that ground and pound is absolutely nasty when he gets you to the ground. I just wonder, like in a. A, a fight where both guys would probably want to be underground could it turn into a bit of a strike a matchup and who'll win that there 
I think yeah, Simon has a great chance there, actually, because like I do think his striking is is good, not massively effective. Like, look, they're two heavyweights; they can both hit hard. If one of them catches the other one, they'll probably get knocked out. Let's let's be let's be real here. Um, but I think it's a tough enough fight for Phil to freeze. Now, if Phil gets the the takedown, the fight changes massively. If Simon gets a takedown, the fight changes massively as well. Although Philip is very good at getting up off the ground himself as well, uh, to which I'm sure Simon will be as well. But I, I think it's an interesting fight. Like when when you have a great grappler like Philip De Vries, if you put him in there with another great grappler, it gives him the um, <laughs> you know a tough matchup that he doesn't often get. So it's uh, look, it's one. If you want to look for my pick, I'm going to pick Philip De Vries, but. I uh, I think it's an interesting one. I definitely do think it is a, a very, very interesting one there. Right, let's move on. Um, and we talk about a, a few of the other fights there. I, I'll pick out one or two and then I'll kind of run through the notes for, for the rest of them. Uh, in the co-main event, um, it, it, look, Sebastian Pribish is back here at the Bantamweight uh, division, uh, former Bantamweight champion. He's fighting Islam uh, Debrelov. Um, I watched a, a bit of Islam and... He's a nine and four record, or eight and four record, even actually here up in uh, up in Jardak. Um and he's fighting Pribshka, who has what kind of fourteen fights now, and has fought at um, you know, as I said, as a champion, and fought at a very good level, and fought you know the likes of Jakub Vizlak, the likes of Anton Rakic uh, a couple of times, and um, you know, Islam has has not been in with that sort of a name, and uh, you know, looking at him. Do you know what he he doesn't look like he moves in the same fashion um of championship fighter in KSW would. If you want to put it that way. Now, again, I'll say this. Um when he gets to the ground offensively, he looks very good. He looks really, really, really good, but he has been submitted three times in his career. Out of his four losses, three of them uh, are by submission. He three wins by submission as well. But that would suggest uh, against a guy like uh, Pibish, um, who you know who has a few submission wins in, in as well. You know he is uh, obviously a very good striker, and he will. Uh, uh, you know uh, he. Will, I think he will strike first with him, and he won't be afraid. He will definitely strike with him. I think because. Uh, Islam is not the best striker in the world but like I think most guys he will try to take him down um, I think the power of Pibish the class of Pibish on the feet will just be too much um, I, I just as I said you you watch uh, watch a good few of this whole card and you see like the class or you're watching a UFC card you're watching a PFL card coming up and you see the level of MMA these days and the level you need um, and I just don't think Islam's striking is that that level uh, whereas Sebastian Puribish is, you know, eight and two in KSW. He's an elite guy at uh, at one hundred and thirty five pounds, and uh, you know, may- maybe Islam has improved an awful lot. You know, he hasn't fought in in over or close to a year now at this stage. Um, but from the evidence I saw, and this is just me now, I went away watching fights. I d- I don't think he'd be at that level. So I I think uh, Sebastian Puribish will win that one. Um. The next fight I want to talk about um, is is uh, uh, Darko Stocic, who's fighting a heavyweight against uh, Stefan Voschak. Uh, uh, and um, obviously with the heavyweight title uh, up for grabs in the uh, in the main event, this is an interesting fight because could we see 
you know the the next contender or whatever it might be who who knows here like Stoshich uh, and I know there's a I think there's an interview going up on, on KSW with Stoshich as well so if that's not already up uh, wait for it to come up or it is up please uh, please check it out uh, you know he has obviously lost to Phil DeFries, uh back in what, 2022 now you know one and one since then they go over to Brave and fought Shamil Gaziev they beat Michael Keita who he's beaten a couple of times before but you know he was in the UFC he had that run where you know, he lost to obviously the, the champion of light heavyweight now Jamal Hill and uh, Kennedy and Chukwu and, and things like that but um you know, he is a guy who hits hard. He's a pure finisher. You know, eleven knockouts uh, in uh, in his career, and his opponent has never faced anything like that. You know, he's only six and all. This is his uh, his KSW debut. He fought in Octagon. He fought in UAE Warriors. He beats uh, Sofian Bakaju, who's been around a good time. But like, I don't think Bakaju is the same fighter he once was. You know, he's a, a good guy to go in and, and test people. You know, he fought um, you know uh, Rug Rug and he fought Tom Aspen and things like that. But you know, he lost to Stuart Austin in um, P- uh, PFL there um, last year. I don't think Stuart Austin is the best fighter in the world, if I'm being honest. And if you're losing um, to him, I, I don't think, uh, you know, you're you're going to be beating Dar- uh, Dario Stocic. Now, Stocic is 31 years of age. It is a big fight for him, I suppose, coming back to KSW. He's putting it back, I suppose, all on the line here uh, for this one. Um, but, like, everything... Everything with him, big power, big punches, big takedowns, big slams, um, you know, loves to just come in and throw that big shot, just throw that big shot. And will um, Voshak be able to live with that? It's it's hard to see. And now, watching some of his fights, look, he does look, uh, he looks a guy who is very good, but not fighting the level uh, of guys you would expect so it's a big step up like last week in, in the UFC Valentin Woodburn like I watched all of his fights and like oh this this guy looks good and he definitely has talent but then you come in against Bo Nickel and it's like well you know it's all well and good having talent against regional guys who are not that good but you come in against a guy like Darko Stosic and it's going to be very very tough on you very very tough on you so um, I think Stosic will win that one but like I, I think uh you know, Stefan Southpaw as well, he 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 could cause problems. Now, like, it's weird. It feels like I'm kind of talking him, talking him out of this a little bit. But I think if he can rise to the level and he has the ability, like, this could be a breakout fight for him. But it's it's just like, does he have it? You know, does he have that ability? And I suppose we'll uh, we'll wait and see on uh, on that one. Um, Right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about the next fight, and it's it's Damian Janikowski is uh, is back again, um, and he's fighting uh, the, the, the the well able to pronounce Tishar Kinshik, uh, who is thirteen and uh, and three thirty three years of age, and you know he, he's fought some of the best guys in KSW over the last while, and now he's had a lot of losses, I suppose. Lost to Tommy Ramanovsky, lost to Powell Pavlak, and lost to uh, Abus, uh, Abus Magomedov, who we saw not too long ago in uh, in the UFC in the main event. And, you know, going in against Janikovsky, you know, lost to Tom Breeze there last year, but did come back with a win. He was fighting over in uh, a different promotion than, than KSW. Um, as we know about Janikovsky, bronze medalist in the uh, Greco-Roman in the 2012 uh, Olympics, but his striking has improved. 
uh, suplex I mentioned the last one as well that I did talking about him and um, he will throw you around if he needs to be but um, uh, Kenshik he is uh, his nickname is the Polish tank and he's a soldier as a day job big knockout power and he has unbelievable cardio I was talking to Sean about it and he was saying this guy he's, his power lasts the whole fight and I want to watch a couple of these fights and I'm like by god it does and like it's funny you know he's uh, he's called a tank he, he fights like a tank he just plows forward and runs you over um, as I said he's coming up come up against some very very good guys uh, recently and that's that's always going to be an issue but um I, I just wonder if, if Janikowski, you know, will will do the same thing to him because, like, he, you know, he has always had the ability, has Janikowski, and he's beaten some very good guys. But, again, he has lost to Breeze, to Pavlak, uh, to Kaleski, to Illich, and, and uh, I believe he's won his win over Illich as well, not, lost to Michel Matarla. You know, and, and to, not to say he doesn't have good wins, I like Yannick Bahati and others as well, but... I think it's it's time now. It's time for Damian Janikowski, and I think he will um, find another great team, the WCA fight team. Obviously, he needs to get on the the winning track now, and uh, it's a big uh, it's a big opportunity for him here. I, I'd love to see the betting odds because I'm I think uh, I think Keshik will be the underdog here, and do you know what? I I think I might be uh, I might be going for him in this one. So those are kind of the, the the big man fights. I'm going through some of the other fights coming up here. Um. Uh, Bartosz Leszko against Nemanja Nikolic. Um, Leszko fighting out of his um, fighting out of his hometown uh, here in this one in, in the middleweight division. Um, loves a submission. Has uh, half his wins so far in his career are by submission, uh, and I think or, or all all of them I think are in fact are by a via rear naked choke. Uh, Nikolic on the other side, then he is from Serbia, well-rounded. Um, eight finishes, evenly spread between knockouts and submissions. Um, again, the strength of his opponents, not the best in the world. Undefeated, 9-0-1. Um, a finisher. Loves to start quick. Um, only one of his fights is... Uh, sorry, it's 10-0, in fact. Only one of his fights is... Uh, sorry, 10-0-1. Um, and only one of his fights, apart from the draw, has gone to a decision... Um, so yeah, it'd be very interesting. Looks look to me watching looks a good athlete, uh, and a guy who you uh, I suppose definitely need to uh, to keep an eye on here. Um, after that, then Bruno Santa versus Gustavo Oliveira, uh, Santos former uh, challenger at hundred and thirty five pounds. Um, you know, ten and four versus nine and two. Um, Bruno, very good BJJ. Obviously, you look at his record again, half his wins by a submission. Uh, Gustavo is a finisher. Eight out of his nine wins have been finished. But, you know, he's only fought once, I believe, in KSW before. Ended up losing that to Patrick Sordin. Um, So it's a big opportunity for him coming back in here now. Bruno lost three of his last four. Lost to Rakic, lost to Vishlak, lost to Pripska, who we just uh, mentioned, but uh, beat uh, Powell Polito, who's a good fighter trained uh, over in Ireland here for a while, uh, I believe, as well. Um, So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, His BJJ might be an issue. 
And I think maybe Santos will will try to play pray and play on that and see if he can get through uh, with that there. Uh, then a featherweight fight, Damien Stasiak, who you know we've known as well, has been around for uh, for a good while. Ex UFC vet went. It's I think he's six fights in the UFC, two and four. Lots of submissions in his game as well. Thirteen wins, ten by submission. And um, it's been a mixed bag, I suppose, since he came back to uh, to KSW after that uh, that UFC run. Obviously, like he had a massive win in the UFC, beating Davy Grant, who everyone knows. But then he lost to Pedro Munoz, Brian Kelleher, and lost another fight as well. Um, Travelled around a bit, but as far as Anton Rockich ended up losing to him and lost his last two in KSW as well. Although he had two wins before that as well. Pascal uh, fighting out of Germany, um, you know. Was in KSW for a good while. Had a fight outside of KSW last time out. Got knocked out uh, in sixty three seconds. So again, there's there's a lot of fights and a lot of jeopardy on this. A lot of lads, you know, they could be on their own or they could be gone out of there very very quickly. And um, you know, Pascal fighting out of UFD gym. Um, who everyone I suppose knows by now and and a versatile, good, well rounded fighter, but a big step up I suppose against uh, against Stasiak here. Um, Henry Philippe then, Ireland's own, uh, is also on this, and this is going to be, I think, his third fight over in um, over in KSW. You know, he's a guy who has been on the radar, obviously myself, covering MMA in Ireland for a long time, but uh, he was out of the cage for ages as well, and I think a lot of people were, were very... Um, uh, surprised when he came back, he didn't fight between 2017 and 2021, but he came back and won four in a row before that, and he ended up losing his last one, okay, over in KSW, a decision last there, but, you know, I was talking to my my colleague Graham, who obviously has been covering Irish MMA since before me, even over in the Severe MMA podcast this week, and he was saying, like, Henry has has all the talent, like, we were, we were talking about Dylan Took, Franz Malambo last weekend, and there was... They kind of came from the same year, I suppose, and lads with a lot of talent, but like maybe didn't get that break and didn't get through. And now it's good to see all of them, you know, coming back. And the two lads lost, or sorry, won at the weekend, and now Felipe is coming back and he's looking to, uh, he's looking to do the same again. Another finisher. Twelve of his thirteen wins have been, um, have been inside the distance, but he's taken a lot of losses as well, and he's been finished a good few times in his career. But you know, his opponent coming in here, um, uh, Christian. Uh, he's been fighting KSW now for a, a good long while. He made his debut in K- to KSW over in 2018. He's been in there with Roberto Saldic. Like, so, you know, if you're going to be putting in there with Roberto Saldic, you can't be a bad fighter. He's fighting out of his hometown as well. So, you know, F- Felipe is going to be on the back foot here. Very strong wrestler. Felipe is known more as a striker, so it's going to be a tough, tough matchup uh, here. But look, if Felipe can keep it standing... Uh, he's every chance. Uh, I know uh, Christian has power on the feed as well, but um, you know, so Felipe, like Felipe as well. Uh, I mean, I mentioned he's he's a finisher, like, and and uh, as I said, his three submissions, he won that his last fight or his his last win by Peruvian necktie uh, as well. So you know, he's well able to go in there and, and fight with someone on the ground. Although, uh, would he be as much of a favorite there? Maybe not. Um, and the last fight, a couple of fights on the card then. Uh, a middleweight fight and a, a bantamweight fight. First of all, to uh, to the middleweights, we have uh, Boris Jakovsky against Damian uh, Mishikovsky. Uh, Boris, big tall guy, um, uh, big beard, um, <laughs> knockout artist, uh, if you can say that for a guy with three fights but can wrestle as well. Uh, and Damian, um, he's a soldier too. 
Um, only pro MMA fight so far is is a knockout. Uh, um, you know, an interesting fight. Obviously, there isn't too much tape on either of these two guys, so I'd say someone will be getting knocked out there. And in the first fight of the night uh, is two and one versus three and three. Um, Miwash Mellert versus uh, Patrick uh, Proback. Uh, Patrick on a three fight losing streak at the moment. Two of those in KSW. Uh, has some good knockouts though on his uh, record and you know grappling um, and submissions as, as an amateur as well as one submission win as a pro uh, some people might know uh, Miller T lost to uh, Karen McNally from Ireland um, last uh, last August and he's a striker as well with power so that could be an interesting one there as well but yeah that is um, that is an anyway from top to bottom I was very much looking forward to that main event uh, with the heavyweight KSW title on the line, but KSW uh, fights, events, they're always fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing it. Um, all right, everyone, I will leave it there. Thank you very much for tuning in, listening, watching, whatever you do. If you are watching here on YouTube, please click the subscribe button. If you're listening anywhere else, please hit sub- subscribe there as well, uh, and uh, you'll get all the other great stuff from Sherdog. My name is Sean Chien for Sherdog.com, and I'll see you all next time.